Hello, and welcome back to Plantopia. Plantopia is the plant health podcast of the American Phytopathological Society, and I'm the host, Jim Bradeen. I'm a professor of plant pathology and associate vice president at Colorado State University, and we are recording this episode of Plantopia live at the 12th International Congress of Plant Pathology in Lyon, France. Today, we are joined by Dr. Justin Pita. Justin is a native of the Côte d'Ivoire, or Ivory Coast, and he earned his bachelor's degree in natural sciences, mathematics, and physics, a master's in biochemistry, and a PhD in virology and plant breeding genetics in the Ivory Coast. He also holds a diploma of advanced studies in genetics. And during and after his graduate studies, Justin completed research experiences at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center in Missouri, the Samuel Roberts Noble Foundation in Oklahoma, and the Hux Institute of Life Sciences at the Pennsylvania State University. In 2011, Justin joined the faculty of the Department of Plant Pathology and Environmental Microbiology at Penn State as an assistant professor. But in 2014, Justin left Penn State to return to the Ivory Coast to serve as the executive director of the Central and West Africa Virus Epidemiology, or WAVE, Regional Center of Excellence. WAVE launched in 2015 under Justin's leadership and has garnered financial support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and from the Foreign, Commonwealth, and Development Office of the UK. WAVE serves as a scientific and technical platform to increase food production in Central and West Africa by developing effective and sustainable methods of managing crop pathogens. Today, the program is active in 10 different countries, and we'll talk a lot more about WAVE in just a moment. Justin is also an associate professor of biosciences at the Université Félix Houphouët-Boigny in the Ivory Coast and holds an adjunct faculty appointment in the Department of Plant Pathology and Environmental Microbiology at Penn State. Justin is an expert in plant virology and has authored or co-authored dozens of peer-reviewed journals. And Justin is one of the invited keynote speakers here at the ICPP meeting and recently delivered his keynote address, Plant Health for One Health in Central and West Africa. In this keynote, he explored plant health opportunities and challenges throughout the 10 countries represented by the WAVE Regional Center of Excellence. Justin, welcome to Plantopia. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're delighted to have you here, especially in the midst of this Congress, and I'm sure you are very busy. You got a lot of great feedback from your keynote. To get things rolling, I want to know a little bit about you and how you ended up where you are today. I'll be happy to discuss this with you. Tell us how you discovered the field of plant pathology. I did my PhD in plant viruses and uh, because there was an epidemic in Uganda. And the epidemic of Kasama mosaic uh, diseases. And the Rockefeller Foundation needed to have a student to work on that, an African student. That's how I was selected. I went to Uganda to do some surveys, field surveys, and collect samples. And that's how I saw firsthand the problems that can happen in farmers' field. And I was hooked. So really, from the very start of your academic life, you've tied plant pathology with food security. Is that yes, correct? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that certainly, what, what I know about your work, what we're going to talk about in just a moment, really, I think, set the stage for a very dynamic and impactful career in this food security space. 
So much of your formal education took place in the Ivory Coast, and much of your experiences in your postgraduate development took place in the U.S. How long were you in the U.S.? Uh, I stayed in the U.S. for a long time, 19 years. It was good 19 years where I've learned a lot. I've been in several states, and I've learned a lot, like I just said. But you ultimately made the decision to return to Africa. What influenced that decision? Actually, uh, I was in the best institutions in the U.S. Nobel Foundation, Penn State, Danforth Plant Science Center. I was doing good research, publishing in uh, very highly respected scientific journals. Also, I wanted to have more impact. And I wanted to give back also to Africa. Because what I didn't say is that in my contract, with the Rockefeller Foundation, I was supposed to go back. However, because of the good results we were getting in with my research, my supervisor wanted me to stay here and to continue the work. So in the back of my mind, I always thought I need to pay back. So that's the reason why it was important for me to go back, but also to bring my contribution to building Africa plant health system. And I thought that it was the best thing to do at the moment. So at the moment, do you still feel that way today? Yes. I have confirmation now that it couldn't be better because the last years, the last eight years were good years where I saw impact from my own eyes. I am touching impact and I live impact. And I wouldn't have this impact from the U.S. It's not possible. Because what I think is that local leadership is key for changing Africa. And you cannot do that by being overseas. You have to be home. Well, that brings us to WAVE. Tell us a bit about WAVE and how it got started. Actually, WAVE was created from the observation of the movement of an epidemic from East Africa to West Africa. A plant epidemic, a plant disease, a viral disease, the causing agent is called cassava streak virus. It's an RNA virus. And this virus is infecting cassava and is causing 80 to 100% yield loss. So it's huge. And we had data showing that this disease is moving from East Africa toward West Africa. And cassava being so important for West Africa. We had to do something. We have in the back of our mind the Ebola crisis in West Africa. We knew that Ebola was in Central Africa since 1976, but we didn't do anything in West Africa to get prepared. We were just reactive. And when Ebola hit West Africa, it was bad. So now we know that there is another disease, cassava brownstreet disease, a plant disease that is moving from Eastern Africa to West Africa. We had to be proactive. We have to do something. That's the reason why uh, we built a, a coalition of scientists from West and Central Africa, and we decided to write a proposal and, and submit it to uh, the Medida Gates Foundation for funding. That's how it started. Those scientists from uh, Central and uh, West Africa identified the need for field surveillance for preparedness, for early warning in West and Central Africa. 
and that prompted the, the creation of, of WAVE. There are 10 different countries that are involved in WAVE, is that right? It's true. We started the first phase of WAVE 2015 to 2019 in seven countries. And given the impact and the good result that we have, the donors, Bill and Media Gate Foundation and FCDO, decided to for another phase. And we started its phase in 2019. And three additional countries joined the coalition. And so in each of these countries, there are scientists that are on the ground working with farmers. T tell us how that works. It's actually because our philosophy is that local leadership should drive the initiative. We thought it was good to put wave in each of the country in the national system, in the existing national system, whether in a national public university or within the uh, National Research Agricultural Center. So in some countries where the National Public University is very strong in agriculture, we set WAVE in that institution. But if it's the National uh, Agricultural Center, Research Agricultural Center, that is the most prominent agriculture institution, we go there. And in each of these institutions, we have a country director and a team to implement the activities of WAVE. And today, WAVE is a designated regional center of excellence. What does that mean, and how did that come about? Cote d'Ivoire, as well as many of uh, West African WAVE countries, are part of ECOWAS. ECOWAS is the economic community of West African states. And this regional institution is really has a mandate to agriculture, research, and most of the activities in West. The director of agriculture of COAS have noticed the good work, the impact of WAVE. And they have already set up regional centers of excellence by commodities. For example, in Ghana, the Crop Research Institute is the regional center of excellence for root and tuber crop. Côte d'Ivoire, the National Research Center, is the center of not excellence, but the center of recognition for banana, plantain. Most of those regional centers are based on commodities. And there was a need to have a regional center of excellence on a, a FIMAT and a FIM. And this FIM here is transboundary plant pathogens. So WAVE is the first regional center of excellence based on a film, not on a commodity. Mm. Incredible. One part of WAVE that you mentioned during your keynote address is capacity building. And you're working closely with AWARD, which is African Women in Agricultural Research and Development. What is that partnership about? Actually, from inception, we noticed that we need to correct the imbalance that is existing with gender in the virology, plant virology sector in Africa, in West Africa. Because out of the country directors, the 10 country directors that we have at WAVE, nine are men and we have only one female. And this was really unbalanced. And we decided to correct that by uh, hiring more female, training more female. But it was not just enough to train and let the female go. Uh, we, we needed to equip them for the career. 
And we are plant biologists. We are not experts in gender, meaning that if you want to do well, you have to work with the expert. That's how we decided to collaborate with Award. And Award has the expertise, the training, curriculum, and everything to help us in, in, in this matter. So that's how we started with, with Award. And specifically, you're working with women in the 10 countries that make up WAVE, is that right? Yes, actually, WAVE has a, an education program where we are training master students. And uh, the good one stay with us and they conduct their PhD research with us. So we have many women who graduated, whether it's a master degree or a PhD degree. And we engaged these women in the program with award. And you, during your keynote, mentioned also the need to build or equip facilities for viral diagnoses. I think you said that WAVE has been part of establishing 13 different laboratories, 10 of which are, you characterize this fully functional. Tell us more about those. Yeah, we constructed or refurbished 13 laboratories in Central and West Africa. And out of 13 laboratories, 10 are fully functional. And three of them, you know, about 80% functional. It's important, really, for rapid response that we don't have to send sample very far away, that we can do basic diagnostics, PCR reaction, ELISA, DNA extraction, RNA extraction at home. And this allows to really be able to respond rapidly. And it's also good for capacity building and not to have a weak link in the network. And that's the reason why with funding from the Bill Medical Aid Foundation and at CDO, we have been able to equip and train scientists in, in those 10 countries and have those functional laboratories. Also in your keynote, you talked a bit about the One Health concept. And I should mention one of the key themes of the ICPP meeting is One Health and how plant pathology fits into the One Health concept. And Justin, you noted that Generally, the One Health concept focuses on human, animal, and environmental health, but that plant health is not typically considered part of that, at least historically. But you also mentioned that the situation is a little bit different in Sierra Leone. What, what's happening there? Yes, in Sierra Leone, the work that WAVE is doing in that country, we built, equipped the first plant molecular diagnostic laboratory for the country, and we did that. We inaugurated the laboratory in May this year. But we also conducted a lot of activities, awareness campaign, stakeholders engagement, and we educated the policymakers, the farmers, the extension officers on the importance of plant pathology, of plant health. And they realized that in the platform, the, the One Health platform, Plant Health can have a seat. And they called the wave director in Sierra Leone to sit on the secretariat of the One Health platform in Sierra Leone. And what we are bringing, we have a lot of innovation, the data management, the coordination, 
We work with our silos, with all disciplines, entomology, breeding, although we are biologists. And this model really interested the, the One Health platform. And it's one of, of a platform in the region where plant pathology is very, and plant health is, it's, it's very part of the concept. And our idea is really to expand this model to neighboring countries, neighboring countries. It's wonderful to see uh, One Health expanding beyond the, the, the typical foci to, to really recognize that the plant health is a core part of that as well. So the examples you've given us so far about the impacts of WAVE really focus on cassava and cassava viruses. I want to start with first cassava. Tell us a bit about cassava and how important uh, this crop is to Western and Central Africa. Yeah, cassava is, is, is a plant that needs very less input, not too much input. It's a drought-tolerant plant. It's a plant that will do good in this changing environment. It's also a food crop. Most of the countries in Central and West Africa, this is one of the main food crops. Where I'm coming from in Côte d'Ivoire, in the southern part of Côte d'Ivoire, in a region called Jacquesville, we eat cassava for breakfast, we eat cassava for lunch, we eat cassava for dinner in different ways. And I don't see a day in this region without cassava. And it's the same in many other countries, Ghana, Nigeria. For example, in Nigeria, Gary is made out of cassava. And Gary is so used in the country. I don't see how Nigeria would be able to survive without Gary, meaning without cassava. In Central Africa, in addition to the roots, Farmers, people are also eating the leaves as vegetable. I cannot imagine how we would be able to survive without cassava in West and Central Africa. We know without bread, without wheat, giving the problem that we have in Ukraine now, we have been able to survive, we have been able to adapt. But without cassava, it's going to be very, very complicated. Cassava became a cement of society. It is, cassava has a convening power because any, there is any problem with cassava, the president of the country will be worried, it will be concerned. The house representative will be concerned. Your farmers will be concerned. Politician, everybody. So when you come and you say, be careful, if we don't do well, we're not going to have cassava. Everybody is listening. And that's one of the reasons why we pick cassava as our model plant for our activities, for our initiative at WIP. And you're focusing specifically on viruses. Are there other pathogens or are viruses really the main threat to cassava? Yes. Actually, I am a plant biologist. <laughs> we have to start with what we know and with our expertise. And but also because the major threat for cassava, major threats are cassava mosaic disease caused by a virus, cassava mosaic virus, but also cassava brown streak virus, so causing cassava brown streak disease. We have other pathogens, bacteria, 
we have also fungus affecting cassava, but not at the same level as the viruses. During our work, we had also to work on sweet potato viruses because a country uh, like Burkina Faso, sweet potato is very important for the country. And for impact, you have to work with a crop that is important for farmers, for, for the population. We also did some preliminary work on uh, yam, because yam is so important, for example, for Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria is the first producer of yam in the world. And we also did some preliminary work on cocoa. Cote d'Ivoire is the first producer of uh, cocoa in the world. Mm. And right now, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Ghana, they are destroying more than 100,000 hectares of cocoa plantation due to one virus, the cocoa shoal and shoot virus. There are a lot to do you know, regarding viruses, but we have other crops like banana, where you have banana bunchy top virus that is spreading also in some area of, of the region. So there is a lot to do. And we alone cannot do all of that. What we're trying to put together to set is, is a model it's a model that can be uh, adapted to other crops. And scientists can try to adapt that to bacteria, to other problems. Yeah. yeah and it strikes me that the WAVE approach, the uh, coalition building, the, the community organization, the capacity building, obviously the physical um, resources like diagnostics clinics, can be, that can be applied to other challenges as well. Yes. I'm curious, though, as we're talking about viruses in various different crops, do you see a place for GM technologies or gene editing? What's the, I, I know it's always a complicated question, and I'm really asking out of naivete. I, I know when there's problem, we need to put everything on the table, all the options on the table. And right now, where we're at in, in Cote d'Ivoire or in our region, we don't think that we reach the level where we had to go on this direction, but everything should be on the table because just an example with COVID, when COVID-19 hit, everybody was scared and we were looking for solutions everywhere. Everything is about preparedness. We got to be prepared. We have to be proactive. I can confirm that right now the situation is not as, as bad as it will need such a, an intervention with GM and all that. No, I don't think so. So when you concluded your keynote address, you had admonished plant pathologists in the audience to, quote, move beyond your comfort zone. What did you mean by that? Yes, at the WAVE, all of the country directors, we are scientists. We are trained biologists. We have not been trained to be managers of a program, but we realized that if the farmers, the policymakers, the stakeholders do not understand what we do, they are not going to also understand why they need what we do. We don't want our, the product of our work to just stay in scientific journals to stay in drawers. No, we will like to have impact. And for that, we have to educate the population. And to do that, we cannot stay in our laboratory. 
the country directors, wave country directors had to be trained. We had so many leadership training. Many, some of us could not even speak to a journalist. They could not even dare to approach a politician, but they have to get trained. They have to be trained. And we saw the impact because we have been able to change the understanding of the science we are doing. And for example, we met some farmers who did not know that a plant can be sick. How do we explain that in a simple manner for a farmer to understand that as a human, a plant can get sick? And this, you have to be trained to do that. Of course, we are trained to do a PCR, to do all the work we do in the lab. But to get out of our comfort zone, the laboratories, to the real world, we have to be trained. And I think it's, it's an important component of integrating plant health, maybe in the one health, because it's easy for human health, for medical doctors, for animal veterinarian. It's easy for them because farmers see that it's, the cow is going to die because of this. The farmer himself is not feeling well and when some a medical doctor talk about human health, of course, they feel it, the human feel it, they, they see it, it, it's easy. But for plant pathologists, we have to do an extra step by really educating the stakeholders. And we cannot do that staying in the laboratory. So what reactions have you received from the ICPP participants around your keynote address? It's so interesting because I think you were in your room. It's not an amphitheater, it's an arena. <laughs> it's so big, so it, many it, people. It is a very impressive room. It would be intimidating to stand on that stage yeah, with yeah. more than 2,400 people <laughs> watching you. Yes. The same scale of participants came to me after the talk and asking me more questions about what we talked about, what we discussed during the talk. We got a lot of scientists from around the world, India, China, the U.S., Europe, who are interested in developing collaboration with WAVE. It is very productive. It was very productive. And still, we keep getting emails. And yeah, I'm very happy. And I'm thanking the organizing committee for inviting me, for inviting WAVE to give this keynote address. Well... I certainly enjoyed it, and I know I was not alone. I understand you have a particular message for the African diaspora, African scientists that are working around the globe, outside of Africa, about the role that they can play in plant health and sustainability. Yes, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to my brothers and sisters in the diaspora. Yes, myself, I was in the U.S. for 19 years, like I said earlier. I've learned a lot in the U.S. And I knew it would not be easy to relocate to Africa, to relocate to Côte d'Ivoire. But I did. And today I do not regret because of the impact of the work I'm doing back home. And I know many of my colleagues from various African countries in Europe 
in America, in the, on the Asian continent. And they want to come. They want to come back home. They want to contribute to the development of, of the continent. However, they are hesitating. I told them not to hesitate. Please come back. You don't have to come and stay. You can contribute. And in French, we say, la petite vient en mangeant, meaning that appetite comes during the, the meal. And I know that, I have no doubt, that you will like what you are doing, contributing in the development of the continent. And you will see the impact. I really promote returning because I know it's the right thing to do. The continent is waiting for you. <laughs> That's a really very powerful message. And thank you so much for um, being on Plantopia, sharing the amazing impact that WAVE is having. Is there anything else you, you want the listeners of Plantopia to know? It's my first time at Plantopia, and I think that it's, I'll come back again anytime. <laughs> We'd love to have you back. <laughs> and I really like more auditors, more people to tune in and to listen to the message, the messages that plant pathologists have for the world. Thank you for having me. Thank you, really. It's our pleasure. It was wonderful to, to talk more with you. We just heard from Dr. Justin Pita, Executive Director of the Central and West African Virus Epidemiology, or WAVE, Regional Center of Excellence. We will post a link to the, the WAVE website on the landing page for this particular episode of Plantopia. You can access that at plantopiapodcast.org. I'm Jim Brady, the host of Plantopia. Thanks so much for listening in. <laughs>